blessing out of that, didn't you? I'll tell you, I was thinking, though, guys, while you were singing, Pam, remember when they were in your junior choir? Yeah, when they get up here and you're thinking, please, just stand in one spot and sing, you know, and, uh, and now see them young men. Amen, amen, boy, proud of you guys. Good job there, good job. I look at my wife, she's crying, I feel like doing the same thing, but it was so hard to listen to. I mean, it, it was... At least I didn't, I looked at the back of them, not the, their faces, amen. But oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was, it was some time ago I thought, well, you know, those two guys ought to sing together. And they did a good job there. Appreciate that. That's what we need, young folks who grow up serving God, amen. Don't wait till they get older to get them started. That's why the junior kids choir, I enjoy watching them and listening to them sing. Thank the Lord. Well, this morning I'm going to preach now, all righty. Fat and lean, fat and lean, and we find, uh, I believe, a truth that will help us here today. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, bless the time that we have together. Lord, I'm so glad it's what the fellow sang that song about the blessed King James Bible. Lord, that's, that's what we believe. Thank you for this Bible today. And we're going to look to this old book and find something that will help us in our Christian life. And Lord, again, if there's someone that's here not saved, why they can find the gospel and they can find you as their savior today in this blessed old book father help us now in jesus name we pray amen here in our scripture in psalm 106 we find the lord is talking about a situation that happened back in exodus chapter number 16 and what happened god had taken good care of israel and he loves Israel, and uh, he took great care of them. And uh, I think it's really amazing how well he did take care of them. When I look and I read about all the miracles that he did, I, uh, I, you know, I, I believe everything the Bible says, don't you? And uh, there's things that I read in the Bible, you know, at the parting of the sea, and there's people today saying, well, I just don't think that could have happened. God said it did, and it did. And I think about the miracles and about all the different things and how that he took care of, 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 of Israel in, in a very special way. And all the miracles in Egypt, the, like I said, the parting of the sea, uh, the manna from heaven. And uh, God even gave them the desire of their heart to bring down that quail for them to eat. And uh, God was so good to Israel. And I think if, there was a, if this song would have been written back in those days, I think the Israelites would have sang this after seeing what God did. They'd have been singing that song, Showers of Blessing, because God blessed them in a mighty way. I know they grumbled and griped. Hey, don't be too rough on them because we do the same thing, don't we? Uh, we, we grumble and gripe from time to time. It's either too hot or too cold or whatever, you know. And, and, uh, but but uh, the children of Israel, they, they, they were taken care of by God in, in, a, in a miraculous way. And God was so good to them. And, uh, but then we, we read in Psalm, 70, in, in Psalm 78, it talks about this desire for their meat. And it said this, that their desire for the meat was lust. Interesting word that God would use there. God had been so good to them and worked wonders that only he could do, but it seemed like whatever God did was never enough for them. You know, we sometimes say that about people, and sometimes we're that way. We just never get enough. That's the way Israel was. God was taking so good a care of them, giving them food to eat and water to drink, and took care of them, protected them, guided them. And yet it was like it was always never enough. And again, don't be so harsh on them because that's the way we are sometimes too. Look with me, to, if you would, about Psalm 78. I just mentioned it a moment ago, but look at Psalm 78. And we'll see what was going on here with these folks. 
Psalm number 78. Let's go to verse number 26. Well, let's, let's back up here, verse 24, all right? Verse number 24 of Psalm 78. The Bible says, and, he, and, he, and had rained down manna from them to eat, and had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust. And feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled. For he gave them their own desire. Now stay in your place right there. Now think about this, what God did. God miraculously gave them this meat to eat. They asked God for it. God gave them their desire. And, and he allowed it to happen. But look what happened next in verse number 30. But it says, they were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths. And then verse 31, it says, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Now, now think about what's happened. God has, is judging Israel. God gave them the desire that they had, and yet God judged them after this. And the Bible says, if you notice verse number 32 now, for all this, they sin still and believe not for his wondrous works. That just goes to prove the point what I just mo- mentioned a few moments ago. It was never enough. They were just desiring, it was their desires were their lust. What they wanted to feed their flesh rather than the desire that God had for them in their lives. And what does the Bible say in verse 33? Therefore their days did he consume in vanity, emptiness, and their years in what? Trouble. Trouble. Wow. You know what they had? That's where I get the title of my sermon. They had fat bodies. That's what it said there. It slew the fattest of them. And I don't mean that as making fun. They had fat bodies, but they had lean souls. They had everything, but yet they had nothing. They were leanness in their souls. Some classic examples of this we find in the Word of God. One of them is Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Listen to what it was. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. You know, think about it. In Sodom, one of the problems there we look and we, you know, we oftentimes we think about the the Sodomites and and, and their immorality there. But what led to all this problem was all the fatness of the land all the things that they had what did he say there he said the iniquity of thy sister pride and fullness of bread and abundance of idleness it, it, to me when i read this i'm thinking you know what sodom had they had everything they had so much and yet when we talk about sodom and gomorrah we understand how awful it was and the sin that was there it also reminds me of israel The Bible says in the book of Psalms 106, verse 15, And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their their soul. That's what we read just a moment ago. It also happened to Laodicea. 
As we read in Revelation chapter 3, 17, Because thou knowest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, they had everything that the world could have to offer, and yet they were lean spiritually. I think we all understand we probably never in America lived in such a time as we do today, a time of plenty. You know? I mean, we are blessed beyond comprehension. You know, I remember my dad saying when he was growing up, they used to plow the fields with mules. Now we got tractors with air conditioning and heat. There was no air conditioning and heat on the mules, amen. And uh, uh, but they were four-wheel drive. They were that. But, uh, you know, I think about all that we have. I remember my dad, they had uh, uh, 11 kids in their family, and they had very, very little. And, uh, in fact, they had so many kids, they sent my dad, who was the oldest, up to Indiana to live with his aunt and uncle. And uh, they just didn't have much at all. And today, man, we are blessed. We've got so much. How many of you in here only have one set of clothes to wear? Ties. Remember this morning? Yeah, my wife's going, oh, yeah. I'm going, which tie should I wear? She goes, I don't care. And so I started pulling ties. I got more ties than I have necks, which I only have one. It may look like a couple of them, but that's only one there, all right? But I think about all the things that we have. I went to the drawer to look for some socks. And it wasn't just one pair of socks in there. There was gray, there was blue, there was black. There were some I didn't know what they were. Some with stripes, some with patterns in it. You know what? I mean, we are so blessed. You say, we are talking about ties and socks. I'm just saying those little things. I go over the drawer of the handkerchiefs, and I look, and there's a pile of handkerchiefs all been nice folded there. I'm thinking, you know what? I have more than one. How blessed we are today. I went out to the garage, and there's more than one vehicle in the garage. Honestly, I think we'd have to say we have need of nothing. I'll be honest with you, I'm glad for everything that I have. I'm glad for all those ties. I have some of them. I, well, I was going through them. I didn't tell you this, but there, when you'll notice it, there's a little trash can right by the, next to the dresser, and, and some of them are in the trash can. I've kept them for years. I probably, I think I wore it on the ark. And it's when I wore it last time. And I, I, I got rid of a few of them. Maybe I should bring them for you. Maybe you want to pick some out and uh, tie them around your dog or something. But uh, I, 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 I thought, you know, you know we, we've been, we, I'm thankful for all that I have. And I walked in the garage. I didn't say, oh, doggone, well, do I take the truck or I take the car? I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad for what I have. I'm glad when I pulled my suit out of, the, out, of the, out of the closet, it was more than just one suit. I'm glad when I pulled the shirt out, there was more than one shirt. We are truly blessed. Some may have more than others, but I'll tell you what, the poorest person in this room is better off than most people in our world today. You see, the problem's not found in the things of life. The problem is found in the attitude that sometimes prevails in the good times. Now, honestly, I don't want to, you know, people say, back in the good old days, outhouses? That's not good to me, amen? I mean, not having electricity, isn't it nice to have electricity? Indoor plumbing? I mean, to be able to go to the refrigerator, and in that refrigerator, there is ice cubes that are made on their own. I remember when we first got a refrigerator that made ice. That was like, I can't believe we're so 
you know, ritzy now. You push the thing, gives you, why are we so blessed? And it's great to be able to have these things. And I think, you know, that, that it's not wrong to have these things. But our problem oftentimes is our attitude that prevails in these times of, of good things. As we read in Revelation chapter 3, it said there, But thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. You're saying this, that, man, you know, we are so fattened up by all that we have. Just like Israel, we have all this food. We have all this that, that, that God's given to us. They were fat in their bodies. But they were lean in their souls. In the last part of Revelation there, it said, And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I think what that's talking about, lean souls. I know the economy's not doing really great. Everybody knows this if you ever go to the store. If you go to get gas, everything is more expensive. I'm afraid if everything got cheaper, we'd all have heart attacks. We've we almost come to accept the fact that it's always going to be more expensive. Remember, fellas, remember back a long time ago when gas was under a dollar? Remember that? I remember my dad saying, oh, I remember, and probably some of you could do this too. I remember going to the gas station, my dad always said, fill it up with ethyl. And I'm thought, well, what, will Fred get upset? Fred, Lucy, I love Lucy. Okay, never mind. But ethyl was a high-test gas. And we'd get it there. And it was only a few cents a gallon. Remember that? Some of you can. And uh, you think about it. And now you go, it's like four bucks a gallon again. And probably going to go higher. Oh, for the election to come, amen. I'll tell you right now, it's not going down very much at all. But things get higher, more expensive, and the economy's not doing well, and... But yet, look at all that we have. <laughs> you want to go out to eat? No, I'm not asking you to take you out. <laughs> all right. You want to go out to eat? You know what we do? We sit around. Where are we going to go? Isn't it amazing? There's more than one restaurant. We're so spoiled. We can drive past restaurant after restaurant after restaurant, you know, fast food, anything. We go buy, you know, anything you want. There's plenty out there. We are so blessed. We've got so much. And then when we get to the restaurant, we open up the menu, and then what happens? It's got pages. How many times we take missionaries out? We always take them up to the traditions here at restaurant, and, and uh, we go in there and we'll say, you know, you know what, you order what you want there. And uh, I, I always point them towards the kids' menu, but they always they look at the other ones too. But they look, and they say, oh, my, there's so much. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? We sit there, we can't figure out what restaurant we go to, and then we get to the restaurant, and then we have all these things to choose from. You want to get ice cream? I got most of your attention now. What do you do? Which one are we going to? Well, we could go to Richie's Dairy, or we can go down over here to uh, uh, Stocks. Or we could go out there to across from Giant Eagles at the Creamery, Cove Creamery. Oh, we could go in, in town there and we can go and have Dairy Queen. Or we could go over there just a block away from Dairy Queen now in Duncansville is Meadows. And if you want to drive down to Everett, there's Igloo. Some of you right now saying, I never knew that one. You got to try it. <laughs> and, or if you want to go over to East Freedom, you can go to Milky Way. Milky Way. 
Isn't it amazing? I mean, all of you right now, you know, if we had to decide where are we going for ice cream, we'd have a church split. I could tell from just mentioning all those. I could tell which one you like by your eyes opening up and getting bright there. But you think about it, are we blessed? I mean, I mean, silly thing like ice cream, but look how many ice cream places there are. And you could go to McDonald's, and if the machine's not broke, you get ice cream there too. Hey, man, amazing. How much we have. What clothes am I going to put on? Ladies, which shoes should I wear? Oh, my. Man, when it comes to things, we're fat. But spiritual things, we're lean. Most of us have more than one vehicle. We've got our toys, we've got our boats, our campers, our four-wheelers, our trailers, our water skis, our golf clubs, our guns, our bows, our lawnmowers, sunblowers, snowblowers. Amen. Aren't you glad to have a pastor that's really weird that you can laugh at? Nothing wrong with those things. But we've got to be careful those things don't take us away from God. Let me give you some dangers. You say, preacher, I just don't see it. Well, you just listen. I'll give you some dangers here about in the time when the times are so good. If we're not careful, we'll be fat in bodies of all the things. We'll be lean in our soul. One of the things, one of the, one of the dangers is this. We tend to forget God. When we do well, you know, you know, you back back in the days. You think about it, back in the days, long ago, most people went to church. Now a whole lot don't. The Bible says in Deuteronomy eight eleven, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee in this day. You know, there was, there was a day, and, and even, even today, you know, there's a lot of churches, but, you know, most people I, I talk to out solely, and I say, you know, we're inviting people out to church, and I'll say that. They'll say, I have a church. And then I'll say to them, I say, you know, just a lot of people don't go to church anymore. And they'll say, yes, we know that. And their own churches are empty spots. You know, the day we live in, it ought to be a place, the church house ought to be a place that's full. But it's because of the fatness that we have that's taken the place where we become lean in the spiritual things. And we forget God. Oh, we remember God when we pray for our favorite team to win. Oh, Lord, please let them make the touchdown. Oh, Lord, please help them make that, hit that home run. I pray that they win the World Series. We pray about things like that. Oh, may my children's soccer uh, team win that championship. Can they win that game? And we pray for them. We pray for safety on the highway. We all do that, don't we? We go on a trip. We always pray, Lord, help us. Keep us safe while we take our vacation. Oh, we need him when it's safety on the road for our vacation or, we, or, or our gangs we pray for. They're uh, asking God to help us with those things. But then we forget God when it comes to things like church. We pray for the soccer game, but I wonder this morning, have you prayed for church this morning? This week, did you pray for your preacher to have the right message for you? You say, I did, but this wasn't it. 
You know, we, we, we forget God sometimes. God, keep, my, keep all my toys to keep working. God, keep my house in good repair. God, help me have, to have more overtime. And then what happens? We forget about God. Forget about Him. Who fears God today? Very few. You ever see a child that doesn't fear their parents? You say, well, I don't think kids ought to fear their parents. There ought to be a godly fear when it comes to mom and dad. You know, when we just know, I'm not talking about they're scared to death of us, but they know that mom and dad be mis- business. It needs to be that, that fear again. And you've seen kids that don't fear their parents. Their parents say, hey, hey, don't do that anymore, and they're just walking around. They have no clue. They don't pay attention. No fear. No fear. You know, uh, you know I, I, mom used to put the fear in us by saying this, wait till your dad gets home. My dad did not kill us, but we knew you better do what dad says. You know what the problem is today? It started when we didn't fear our parents too, but I know I should say this. This is where it started when we quit fearing God. And now we don't fear, kids don't fear their parents. People don't fear the law. People don't fear anything. They do anything they want to do. No fear. Even a child has no fear of their parents they do whatever they want to. They have no, no clue. Our school system today is always such a mess. But you know one of the problems too in our schools is this. Kids don't have a fear of the teacher. Amen. No fear of authority. That doesn't mean scared of them, but knowing that that's what it is, authority. And that's exactly what Christians have done with God. He is the authority. And our problem is we don't have a fear of God anymore because we're too busy. Why go to church? Because the preacher might preach on my sin. You ought to be thankful God puts in the heart of a preacher to preach about your sin. So you can know what's right. So you're not just walking around all fat in body. But you are lean in spiritual things. May you be strong and healthy in spirit. The things of God. I believe also we lose our, like I said, we lose our fear of God. We forget God. We lose our fear of God. And then number three is this. We begin to worship other gods. You say, well, preacher, we don't do that. First John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen, he said. He said, preacher, what's an idol? Anything that comes between you and God is an idol. You've heard me say only time I've ever been to a house where someone had an idol other than Mary in the bathtub out in the yard. But I've been to a house where the woman was, uh, I think, Jap- Japanese, and uh, she had what she called Shinto statue. And she had her, her, her idol set up there in her living room. Had incense burning to it and everything. And I, I mean, first time I saw someone had an idol. But you know what? I've been looking at folks for all, I didn't even realize it, of people, and even sometimes in my own life, where there was idols. You say, preacher, you were an idol worshiper? We all sometimes are if we're not careful. We begin to worship other things in God. What comes between us and God? Well, there's a lot of things, and I, I listed some things in, in my notes here. Sometimes our, our idol is holidays. Well, we're not having service. We're not having Christmas service because Christmas falls on Sunday. You know, I'm thinking, what dingbat hasn't figured out that Christmas is the birthday of Jesus? Yeah. You know, you have a birthday, you know, coming up, and who's got a birthday? Well, Ann has a birthday, and who? 
Ethan, oh, that's right, today's your birthday. Well, happy birthday. Oh, bless your heart. What are you, like 12 now? All right. Let's say yesterday they called us up and said, hey, you know, we're going to celebrate Ethan and, and, and uh, Lydia's birthday while they're here. You want to come over for cake and ice cream? I could care less if they were there. Cake and ice cream was there, amen? And we went over and we sang happy birthday to them. But can you imagine if I told when Lisa called me and said, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore it. I got other things to do. Well, I need to mow the grass. I'm too busy washing my car. That make you feel pretty bad. Ethan goes, where's, where's the preacher? Where, Lydia, where's, where's your grandfather? You know what? I, I, I mean, I love Lydia more than him, but I, 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 I want to make time for them. They're more important than mowing my grass. They're more important than washing my truck. They're more important. No, not that one. Uh, they're more important. Yes, they're more important. You understand, the things of God are more important than the things of this world. You, you know why we get so quiet sometimes about this? It's because we're worshipers of idols. Sometimes we, we worship the holidays. Sometimes we worship the parks and we worship our toys. We worship our, our homes. I've, I've had people before saying, well, I can't be there because there's a, there's a, a, a you take your four-wheeler and you go on these uh, rides. And I'm going on this ride, my four-wheeler. If you've done that, I don't know if anybody in here has done that. But if you're planning on doing it, I hope you feel real guilty right now. But we're, there's a ride there and we're trying to raise money against cancer. I'm for raising money against cancer, but I'm for church most of all. And we get to the place, well, you know, that's an idol. Well, you know, Sunday's my only day to go fishing. That becomes an idol. God, before fishing was ever in, God set aside the Lord's day. Sometimes it's our homes. You know, sometimes this old, our houses need fixed, but we need to make sure God's first. We need to make sure that, that we're not having, having an idol like even money. Yeah, preacher, you know, i got to make lots of money. Well, you know what? I wish we looked at it this way. i got to go to church. So I don't think, you know, I'm not going to go to church because I think I have to. Then don't go to work when you don't feel like going to work. You go to work because you feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Wouldn't it be something if we as God's people just get to place saying, you know what? I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I am going to put God first in my life. and I'm going to live for him. Sometimes, though, it's even family. I thank the Lord for family, don't you? I'm glad to see the kids back here, you know, my own kids. I'm always glad Christmas time and everybody gets together. Thank the Lord for family. But I'll tell you what, my family is, means so much to me, but my God, my family never died for me, but my Savior did. And if I'm never going to be the dad, the husband, the grandfather that I ought to be, I've got to make sure I don't have an idol of my family. I've seen people go to church until a child comes along. Child comes along, all of a sudden, man, my child's more important. You know, you bring your child to church. You say, well, preacher, they don't understand everything. But I'll tell you what, that, that morals sink in than you think. I've seen people go, you know, go, uh, quit going to church because the child comes along. And then all of a sudden they get right and they get, they, okay, we're going to bring the children to church. Bring the children to church until all of a sudden they're the age that they can play softball. Or they can play some other game at school. 
And all of a sudden, the kids are out. That's called an idol. That's called an idol. You know, there was a day, it wasn't all the different leagues. You say, what did kids do? They did chores. They worked around the house, and then here's a novel idea. Are you ready? They played outside. <laughs> Isn't that something? The kids today walk out, and what's that green stuff? It's grass. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they, look at the young people today. They're all walking around like we are in church sometimes. their phone tap it in there you know what sometimes we've got we've got some idols in our life and 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 uh, we we allow all these things to happen in our kids lives that we 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 say well the child wants to play but the child needs church those boys singing this morning did not happen by accident you know they were little babies one time you know like two years ago they were little babies Somebody knew to keep them in church and to teach them the right things and put them in a school that the things they heard on Sunday is going to be taught to them on Monday. And they get up like young men and sing the song. Hmm? Wouldn't happen if it was idol worship, though. Number four, we begin to live carelessly in sin. James 1, 14, 15, and 16 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust, away of his own lust, and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved children. You see, we begin to live carelessly in our sin. In other words, you know, you know, you know my, my sin is no big deal. You understand? Your sin is a big deal. Amen. Say, preacher, what's going to hurt to miss church? It's a big deal. What's it going to miss if I just don't, you know, I just kind of put the things apart? I remember I had Jewish friends when I was a kid, neighbors right across the street, down the house. And he used to say, in our church, we get the summer off. You know what I thought as a little kid? I want to join. I want to be a Jew. (laughs) Have the summer off. No, you know what? I'm glad my parents took me down to the Baptist church every Sunday, amen? I'm glad I got in the right kind of church there. I'm saying this, you know what? Our sin is, is, is a big deal because here's what we do. We look and say, well, you know, it's not that bad. I, there's a lot of people worse than me. You know, there may be, but your sin is a bad sin. Our problem is we get so much, we think, well, we're okay. Because we have this idea sometimes, we think that if... We have much. We'll say, but God's blessed me with much, so everything must be all right. I could think of a man right now, always likes to tell me, everything I have is, is God's. Everything I have is God's. That there's God's, that's God's. Everything I have is God's. That sounds really wonderful. You know what I always want to say? Why don't you give God Sunday and go to church? Well, my car and my things and my property and all the money I have. Well, it's all God's. When's the last time you sent it into the church for tithe? It belongs to God. That's easy to say. What happens? Begin to live carelessly in sin. 
They can't give God revival meetings. You know, we're going to have a revival meeting coming up. And pray, pray for Brother uh, uh, Davenport. He's going to be our preacher for, for the revival meeting coming in, in, in uh, October. And he's got a, a mass on his thyroid right now. He's going to the doctor there and find out about it. Pray that he's okay. Amen. But you know we're going to have a revival meeting. You know what you ought to do? Make sure you have a revival meeting. And he said, but preacher, what if something comes up? All right, what's more important? What's going to come between you and God? Amen. I mean, we just need, we as Christians have got so much, and it's hard to get people. Most churches don't have a Sunday night or a Wednesday night service. You know why? Because the people are so busy. Idols. Oh, we're fat with all the things that we have, but we're lean in our souls. You say, but preacher, if we have lots, that's a sign that God's really blessing us. Well, then evidently, Jeffrey Epstein was a very spiritual man. You think so? But he was rich. He owned island, an island, if not several islands. He had so much money and so many things, and he was a pervert. You imagine have him come in, he's dead now, he's probably in hell unless he got saved the last minute, I don't know. But he's probably in hell right now, he should have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, but he looked at his lust instead. But I think about, you know, we, have, we could have him come up and say, hey, give us your testimony. He said, well, I'll tell you what, God's been good to me, he's given me billions of dollars. So what? There's a lot of people that are rich that are horrible people. You're not blessed because you have a lot. I'm telling you what, there's little ladies that are all by themselves and have hardly anything that are more spiritual than a lot of people who have lots of money. Sometimes we give Satan the advantage. That's one of the, one of the things about being fat in, 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 in the things of this world. We give Satan the advantage. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not, we are not ignorant of his devices. You know, Satan could get an advantage of us if we're not careful. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you may get to a place where uh, you think you can handle things, and the devil says, you know, how silly is it for us to think we could handle the devil? He's more powerful than you. You say, but my God's more powerful. I understand that, but God has told us how we can handle these things. The Bible tells us that he gives us a way of escape when temptation comes. He didn't, and the way of escape is not saying, oh, Lord, you take care of it. Lord, you know I love you. No, you find the way of escape, and the way of escape is to seek it, find it, get out that door. We Sometimes when we have so much, we allow Satan to take advantage of us. How many people, they, got, they started making more money, and there's nothing wrong with making more money. They started staying out of church, and all of a sudden their marriage is a mess. That will never be unless we allow Satan to take advantage of us. He said, Preacher, I would never do any of those things. How many folks have said that before? Number six, we fail to set an example for our children. We fail to set an example for our children. Psalm 78, verse 6 and 7 says, That the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God 
and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Whether you like it or not, our kids follow our direction. You, know, you say, well, what about the kids? They just they, 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 they rebel against everything. Well, I understand kids do rebel against things. But I have a feeling a lot of times it's because they learn rebellion off of mom and dad. Our children watch us and we're an example every day. That's why our kids ought to know that, you know what, we're going to be in church no matter what. We're going to church. Now, I understand sometimes we get real sick. But I, I've had people before say, well, you know, my nose is running. I can't go to church. That's why they made Kleenex. Amen? That's why, that's why they made handkerchiefs. I can't go to church. I, you know, if you, if you have a runny nose and you say, I can't come to church, you call me and I will have a handkerchief waiting for you. I will buy you a pack of handkerchiefs. How many times we use the silliest things on God and say, God, I can't, God, I can't. And I think, you know, here you say, preacher, what's the big deal? Not only that we do that, but we set an example for our children. Our kids watch us. Our kids see us. They hear us. They mimic us. What are we showing them? Man, we got so many things. Wow, we got to go four-wheeling because we went boating last week. Why can't we? You know, kids ought not say this to their parents. Are we going to church on Sunday? I don't think my kids ever ask me if we're going to church. My wife's asked me several times. But no, they never asked me. You know why? It was a given. We're doing it. Revival meeting. We go to revival. I mean, you know that means we're going to be there Sunday, and we'll be there Monday, and we'll be there Tuesday, and we'll be there Wednesday. Oh, right, yes, yeah, Sunday. We'll be there even Sunday night. Oh my goodness! Do you realize how high the grass will be? Do you know the grass will be there Thursday? Some of you look at me like, "Why are you even talking about it?" Because this is what happens. We've got so many things, so many reasons to keep us away from the things of God. And how sad how many children follow the example of their mom and dad. Even to this point. Hard working. I believe you ought to work hard. You got a job, do the best you can. But do the best you can living for the Lord too. And we have this idea, and we, we, we pass this on our kids. I think a child, you know... At, at college, they, they, had, they had all kinds of rules for us. And they, one of the rules was this. If you get fired from your job, you get kicked out of college. Boy, try that today. You say, well, that's terrible. Oh, they were saying this. You need to be an example. Very few guys <laughs> quit their job. They got fired from their jobs. You know why? Because they didn't want to get kicked out of college. And I thought, you know, we, we need to just get back to a place here where we, we have that example and, 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 and of hard work of saying, you know, I'm going to work really hard, but then let's make sure that we have our lives balanced with the things of God. Work hard on your job, but make sure you work hard at being a good Christian. Hello, ladies, same thing. Well, you know, I've got to do some house cleaning. The laundry needs done, but there's plenty of hours in a day. How many has more than 24 hours a day? It's all we all have. 
we can get done what needs to be done if we'll put God first. Amen. Amen. Are you squirming this morning? Some of you are not. You're sleeping really well, but the others are squirming. That's what I'm concerned about. Sometimes we have this idea we just want our kids to grow up and make lots of money. There's more to life than making lots of money. It's living for God. We're living in a time where the church has become like what I'm talking about here. And we've become fat with everything that we have. And yet we've become lean to our souls. As a church, we've been blessed in mighty ways. But we sure not seen enough people saved. We're sure not seeing enough people in church. And what's keeping us? The things of this world most of the time. The other things. So much fatness of things and much leanness in our souls. That's why I gave the title Fat Bodies and Lean Souls. We've got so much. But there's so much for us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time that we have here this morning again. I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. I pray for every man in this room. We'll be man enough to just kind of look at our life and see, put this message to work in our lives. I pray for every lady in this room that they would, the ladies would just stop and think, you know what? I do have so much. But Lord, I'm going to make you first in my life. Or I pray for young folks in this room here right now that their goal will not be to make millions of dollars. But their goal would be to serve the Lord. Now in the meantime, they may make millions of dollars. But Lord, may they never have anything take them away from your will. May we not have a leanness of soul. Father, help us. Help us all. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I ask this, the sermon's not about it, but if you were to die, do you know for sure you go to heaven? If all of a sudden you grab your chest and there was a heart attack take place and they rush you to the hospital and you die, would you go to heaven or go to hell? Preacher, well, I think, no, no, I'm not asking what you think. Where would you go? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning and say, Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, that's me. I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. I want to know for sure. Christian, this morning, how you doing? How you doing? We got the fatness of the things of this world. But how's your soul? How's your soul? When was the last time you won someone to Christ? When was the last time you witnessed to someone? When was the last time you tithed? When was the last time you were faithful in church? Like I said, revival means coming up. We ought to decide right now. Hey, I'm going to be there. Tonight's church again. Hey, you know what? I'm going to be there. Oh, let's not have a leanness of soul. Oh, we've got a lot things 
but spiritually. Has God spoken to your heart this morning? The altar be open. You need to come. God spoke to your heart. You do what God says. And here's the thing. Don't just come. Make the right decision when you do come. Father, bless now this invitation. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.